Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Good morning and welcome to your morning meditation for this Monday, March the 16th, 2020. Today we're reading uh, from Luke chapter 24, verse 35. I will probably read a little more, but here's the verse that Walter Bergman highlights in this little devotional we've been going through, um, a way other than our own, some reflections for Lent. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. That's Luke chapter 24, verse 35. That comes from a larger story in Luke, which is the road to Emmaus story. I'm just going to read it for you today because it's a beautiful story. Um, This is Luke chapter 25, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. This is Jesus' crucifixion and death. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going along further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. That that whole phrasing is from the Lord's Supper too. He took bread, broke it, gave thanks, and began to give it to them. It's also in the feeding of the 5,000, which is really interesting. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Then they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So that last verse is the one that Brueggemann brings out. We have this great story of these 
two uh, people, we don't know that they're men or women, people have always assumed they were men, but with these two who are traveling on the road. And um, Jesus kind of comes up alongside them. And, and and Jesus is not recognized. And so Jesus follows them and Jesus begins to talk to them. And, and so Brueggemann brings out in this point that this is a time of deathliness, um, that this is a time where uh, they believe that the Messiah, the one they had hoped was the Messiah, is dead. And they believe that their hope has kind of been dashed. It says, we had hoped that he would be the Christ. We They had all these hopes on Jesus, and now they're walking away kind of dejected. Um, deathliness has ruled the day, is, is what Brigham is talking about in his little devotional here. And so in the midst of this, Jesus comes to them. Jesus explains who he is through the scriptures. Jesus reveals himself and they recognize him when he breaks the bread. And this is a, a very, it's kind of a Eucharistic moment. It's communion. Uh, and that's when their eyes are opened. Now, how many times have we received the grace of God through the sacrament of communion and had God open our eyes about something? And so Brueggemann in his little uh, devotional talks about the Reformation preachers had three different points. And this, these were the... Uh, they were caught up in the snares of death, that we're all caught up in the snares of death, like these men walking from Emmaus, that we have been rescued by the power of God, praise the Lord, and that we are released to a new life of gratitude. And so these three uh, patterns are what all the Reformation preachers and Brueggemann's estimation would say. And, and the same is true. We could refuse to recognize that we were caught up in patterns of death. We can deny that there is saving power in God who changes everything, and we can reject this new life of gratitude. We have that option. And so uh, Brueggemann talks about that this passage and this little story that we've read, that this is a, an illustration of how these people are caught up in death. And we know that the scripture is pretty clear, and we know it from our own lives, that we have all been caught up in our sin and our death and the chaos that comes with all of that. But in the midst of that, Christ has come and offered us new life. And we have the option to uh, receive that life. We first have the option to even believe that we're caught up in death. Um, and then the, the third thing that, that is, is that leads to a changed life. It leads to a life of gratitude. Now listen to these words that Brueggemann writes. I, I think they're really fitting. Again, this was written like uh, 2017, so three years ago, depending on what day it was published, about three years ago. Um, and it, it's very fitting for these days that we find ourselves where people are hoarding and uh, fighting over toilet paper. It says, we can be on our way with new life and energy and new noticing about the need in the world and the resources for healing, seeing how the old enemies are really needy neighbors, seeing, what it, seeing that what looked like scarcity is enough when shared, enough to feed a crowd when there is gratitude. And we find that we are less greedy, less anxious, less coercive, less self-preoccupied because we are able to rest our lives and our bodies down in the bottomless goodness of God. That's some powerful stuff. I want to say that again. We are able to rest our lives and our bodies down in the bottomless goodness of God. We come at the neighborhood with glad hearts and open hands and risk-taking lives, because the deep deathliness in our own lives has been overcome. 
So today I hope that you can realize in the midst of a, a world that sometimes is panicking and fearful. And, and I would say that fear is not an uncommon response. I'm sure there are times uh, some of some of us have, you know, we've we've given in to, to fear. We've seen what's going on. We've wondered, am I sick? You know, I know I've talked to people who have, you know, the, the common kind of like symptoms they've always had and now they're worried about if they're sick. Um, fear can be a, a very motivating thing, but but what it, what ultimately we're called to do is um, to out of this world of death and deathliness to to place our hope in Christ who has given us new life, and then to see the world in a very different way. So in the midst of the panic and the midst of the fear, uh, we would then be called to be those who share, those who are good neighbors, uh, those who who look out for those maybe. Uh, in our populations that might not be able to look out for themselves in these moments. So I hope you have a great day. It's just a thought for this morning, and we'll see you tomorrow. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.